0: Thanks for checking out this episode of Business Black Belts. I really appreciate you listening and hope you get some great insights out of today's leader. Let's
1: dive into the show. Welcome back to Business Black Belts. I'm Laura Hoover here with you again today, and we've another great leader on the show from Moonbeam, the CEO himself, Mr. Desai. Why don't you go take us through your story? Um a little bit about who you are, what you do, a little bit about Moonbeam, about everything else, and it just kind of start us off.
0: Sure. Um I'm uh as you mentioned Vassai, I'm CEO of uh Moonbeam. Uh a little bit about my background. I um have spent a lot of time in corporate innovation. I would say the bulk of my career has been on the enterprise side. Um a lot of time working with uh um in the government consulting space, private consulting space. And about uh, four years ago, I decided to get back into the startup ecosystem um, and uh, wanted to tackle the challenge of um, where you find creativity, where you find uh, innovation, um, how you identify, uh, you know, outside of, you know, the main areas of uh, the Bay Area, how, how do other entrepreneurs, innovators, creators get noticed? Um and that's really what Moonbeam's trying to take on. We're trying to globalize creativity.
1: So, let's just start off with that question. How do yeah. you start finding that creativity? Because obviously creativity comes in many forms. There's the, you know, artistic creativities, there is the innovation creativity, there you know, that but it's it's creativity.
0: Yes, and so I would say we're not trying to we're not trying to. W- the way we use creativity is more in the innovation side, in, in you know business creativity. Uh, but I think the muscle involved in uh, artistic creativity or coming up with a new business model is largely it's very similar, right? Um, it's the ability to see the way things are done and kind of t- turn it ninety degrees and, and, and look at it from a different perspective. Um, and that's what we're trying to unlock. So so we've learned we've looked a lot at artists process and how they think through things we've looked through uh, we've, we've interviewed um, you know innovators uh, it in, in a corporate environment and thought looked at how they approach problem and a lot of what we're building is designed to, to foster that and extend that and, and drive that towards um, uh, documented value interesting
1: uh, yeah so and,
0: and we do that through uh, data science VR and AI uh, which I could get a lot more into, but uh, it, it's pretty exciting.
1: So take me, uh, l- l- let's step back then. How did you make that decision from going from this, you know, regular entity, this regular, you know, kind of area and saying, yeah, I'm going to throw that to the wind essentially and go back to this entre- entrepreneurial nature. Like, How did you make that step?
0: Yeah. So, so I'll I'll tell you a little bit about me. I mean, I, I, um, I guess I'm someone who uh, is very curious and can't say no to intellectual pursuits. So in college, I was a a triple major. I, um, you know, just because I didn't want to say there was so much opportunity to learn so much. I didn't want to say no. And, uh, um, consulting, I went to work for a startup in the early 2000s, uh, robotics company. Um, and, uh, it was, it was good. It was, it was challenging it was during the dot-com bubble. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I needed to stabilize. And um, so I ended up going to a consulting firm. Consulting was great because I got to do a lot of different things. And what I realized about myself is um, uh, I enjoy um, doing different things all every day. And, and frankly, um, uh, fostering that intellectual curiosity. And I like surrounding myself with people like that. Um, and what I realized is, the more I consulted with corporate America, lo- lo- Fortune 500 com- companies, etc., look, looked at the tech sector. Th- people like this often don't have a home. Uh, yeah. You know, you're looking for a software architect, or you're looking for a search engine optimization expert. Um, but if you're kind of a jack of all trades or even a uh, jack of all trades with expertise in certain particular areas, people don't don't know where to place you. And those people are actually really good in innovation groups. Yeah, uh, They're really good at entrepreneurship and looking at things differently. So that's the, kind of the talent I look for. And uh, yeah, just trying to systematize that.
1: That's so interesting that you bring that up because that is the second time today only that I've heard about this idea of uh, specialization is more or less going away at the higher levels. And you're bringing in this idea of being a generalist or a jack of all trades, right? Whereas yes, you feel more comfortable or am more specialized maybe in one area than than the other, but you have a very broad knowledge of a lot of things, which can lead to the idea of different perspectives. is that a thing that we're actually seeing or is that just by coincidence? I've, I've heard two of the same mindsets.
0: So I, you know, I, I don't know if it's a general, I don't feel it's a general trend. It's definitely uh, something I look for and I feel it differentiates in, in, in the people I hire. Um, but I think there's a lot of value to not to be gendered here, but to the Renaissance man, right. Um, to, you know, um, the world has gotten so complex and to really be effective in certain things, you have to dive in deep. But I find if you dive in deep in a lot of different sections, areas, you're able to make correlations and, and, and um, uh, uh, reference in a model that worked in a particular domain into another domain. Um, and that's 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 where wisdom happens, right? Yeah. Um, that's where knowledge turns to wisdom. Interesting, yeah. Um
1: so so we're looking at this idea of okay take take this one concept, turn it on it on its head, right, and you're able to achieve a the same concept in a different space it yeah how is how is that starting to look like in this world because like we we we've already gone from you know a a very like structured kind of we're, we're always going to be like nine to five. We're always going to be this. We're always going to be that like very traditional businesses. But then, you know, COVID hit, we, we, we kind of turned that mm-hmm. idea on its head and we kind of all realized that, oh, well, creativity isn't a 24 seven thing. You can't just sit and be creative all the time. So like, h- how was looking at, at like the create that, that mold, that river looking like?
0: Yeah, so it's, it's a matter of conditions and interactions that drive uh, that, an experience that creates uh, a different way of looking at things, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. And this was, um, uh, and I, I don't want to name particular company names here, but um, I was um, working with a, um, a company focused on um, uh, naval Naval uh, Acoustics, right? Um, Okay, yeah. uh, They were were using uh, sonar to help uh, geolocate, right? Um, What they created was a very precise uh, sonar that was able to, um, not to bore the audience, but uh, map out uh, 3D objects in a very unique way. Um, More precise than many others that were out there. Uh, What they hadn't done was looked at the healthcare field. Um and through yeah. some introductions and the conversations, they they didn't pivot the whole company, but they they created a subcomponent that was able to um improve uh sonar sonograms for um uh medical uses. Uh, it opened up a whole new line of business for them, right? And and they're the same technology used in vastly different fields based on uh the fidelity of um what uh, of you know um what they're mapping. Um, but it, it's interesting, right. Um, how a sing, same technology can be completely re reapplied. So a lot of what, 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 um, what we're trying to do is try to find those, those type of linkages. Right. Yeah. Um, and so you think about what, what we, we, you know, number one, if you're a corporate innovator or corporate, you have a corporate need, yeah. And these are for wicked problems, right? These are really, um, your know, climate change. How do you, how do you position for climate change? Well, one, you need to identify your challenges, identify where innovation's happening, uh, or wh- where you need help. And then if you you could try to do it in-house, but it depends on what you have in-house, uh, but better. You want to find innovation in that space globally. So you have to scout effectively. Um, Often, uh, corporations are looking within their network, uh, maybe in their location, the city where they're based or where they have offices. We built a database to find, um, to track innovation, global innovation supply. Um, second is you need to build trust and you need to socialize uh, and vet that company. So yeah. you need to do competitive intelligence on where they stand against their competition. And then third, you need to get your experts in-house to evaluate them, see if they're, they're, they're the fit. Can you work with this company? Can you um, uh, identify, uh, are, are, there, are the founders willing to work with you, right? Yeah. Um, so that's a matter of establishing trust. And often that takes, that's where enterprise innovation slows down because it just takes six months to get everyone to, in the same room. Right. Um, so we're, we're using VR to help accelerate that, right. A, 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 virtually in the same room, you could whiteboard together, you could go through the vision and, uh, this really, um, you know, it's, it's all the processes that make innovation happen more, more quickly and get creativity to happen.
1: You're hitting on almost every point that like, I, I, I have kind of just been mentally thinking through some of the, the things that I, I've heard in, in the past month or so. And one of those things was this idea of trust, right? Building relationships. It, 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 it's, going, it's moving towards, you know, let's partner with this. I, you know I trust you and I trust your company. So let's try and figure this out together. Like, clearly, that is something that is happening today. It is is moving from this, okay, I have a service, you have a need, let's make this happen, to now, who are you? What are your values? So on and so forth. How do you continue to keep that trust? How do you like and build that trust?
0: Well, I think you build trust by working together on a hard project, right? Um, If I look back at my professional contacts, in the people I worked on did business travel with the one the people that I um, uh, whether we traveled or not, but we, we were working a large project together and we contributed and built something beyond ourselves. That's that's where trust. And, and frankly, you know, is this person is someone that you know gives credit that um, you know it, it can will, will represent me well professionally? Right. All of that is built over time, but it all starts with a shared vision. And that shared vision is really hard to arrive at um, when you're not in a room together, right? Or where you're not looking, you know, we're, we're on this wonderful platform uh, recording this, right? Um, and it's really hard to look you in the eye uh, because your camera is a little bit off. My camera is a, a little bit off. Uh, when you're in VR with someone, I'm not looking at you. The avatar might be a little bit cartoony, but I see where your eyes are looking. And that that point of impact actually helps because the conversation starts being, we start, uh, you see where I'm looking and that gaze tracks back into what you're saying. And if we're building something together, we're creating a concept, we're whiteboarding together. There's so much communication that happens through gaze that we start completing what, if we're really gelling, we start completing and getting what you're saying before you even get it out. And so that helps build trust because that kind of, we we see where you're coming from. It's identification. We're building empathy. Um, and, you know, that's been a bet we placed is that we're doing, uh, VR can help do that. Um, you'll eventually have to travel, but I'd rather travel to close a deal than to make an introduction.
1: So, so how do you, okay. So we're at the almost the end stage of that trust right or at least the end stage of building that trust how do you start that trust to even be able to work on a project together because getting the door or getting even to the door is already hard enough in this world because like like you said we're already divided by a screen there's no physical door i can knock on you know to even ask for that trust or the ability, the potential to have that trust? How, how do you start that process?
0: Yes, yeah, so that's actually where the ecosystem matters a lot. Um, and, and we've looked to a lot of uh, European models for uh, innovation clusters, right? And that's something that, that Canada's invested heavily in with the Supercluster Initiative. Washington State is uh, working hard to build in, uh, innovation clusters throughout the state, focused on particular areas. And the real value of that is it brings together um, uh, industry, academia, uh, government, and some often with the innovation economy. So people are starting to talk about the same things, whether they're whether they're co-located or not. Um, th- people know where to tap into it, right? Yeah. So uh, that that's that one. At, I think that infrastructure layer is really important. Then the next step is all right. When do I tap in? When do I go there? Is it? Am I just going to San Francisco to fundraise, or am I part of the ecosystem, contributing back to to the thought that's going down there?
1: Yeah. Um.
0: Right. And so, the trust is less likely built if you're just coming in to fundraise Mm. or to close a deal. It's more likely when you're contributing to be part of something that that that's uh larger than than your particular company or your particular career. Um. And so one part is facilitating that, getting that off the ground. Um, and so, um, and then once you find the right people to tap in with, um, is, there, is, there, is there a match here, right? Yeah. So that's based on data, right? Often historically, um, yeah, many co- I've consulted with corporate innovation labs. It's often based on uh, network and who they know and what relationships they have and, and personal ties. And that's great. But, you know, are you going to find the best, um, uh, I don't know, um, industrial or robotic company through your network? Probably not. Uh, you really want to understand where they stand in the competitive landscape. Is this, does this capability match what I need? And uh, the relationship is kind of secondary, like the next step. Yeah. You know, do I need to invest in this relationship gotcha. if they don't have the capability? Gotcha, yeah. So one, are they tapped into the place where this is happening? So we know they're kind of on a common ground. Two, do they have the capability we need? And then the third question is, do they have the vision and, and are they going? Are, they, are we rowing in the same direction? Um, and only at that point do you start saying, all right, let, let's figure out how we, how we work together.
1: That makes sense. That makes sense something that I'm kind of curious about and your perspective on. Um when you think back across your time at Moonbeam, was there ever a moment that it just kind of it clicked? Like okay, you know, it it was working before but like we this is this is really happening. This is really, you know, I know like
0: So um I mean, there's been a few, uh, several moments of validation and, and uh, yeah. um, you know, that's important. You know, you need to put, stuff, put, put out what you're working on and te- try test a lot of hypotheses. Um, I'll actually say this is very recently, but I was uh, recently speaking at uh, uh, VentureBeats uh, Metaverse conference, um, uh, which happened actually la- earlier this week. Um and uh the metaverse is an interesting concept, right? It's it uh there's a lot of hype there. Um there's a lot of talk about NFTs, uh you know, things that um you know, a lot of people including myself find a bit questionable and a little suspect. Um I did have a, a very interesting realization there though is um uh the metaverse is um you know, I've been in the VR world for a while, right? And the challenge with VR is no one wants to put a headset on.
1: That, um, yes.
0: The metaverse is the same thought, but without, without necessitating the headset. Um, and it was an interesting realization. It's kind of what, what I hadn't realized, but when, when I say Moonbeam is globalizing creativity um, by connecting the Eliminators and building the marketplace. And we have VR tools to help move that along. What we're actually doing is we're building a metaverse for... Um, for uh, it for the innovation economy right and so that was an interesting turn that came from just understanding a little bit more how people are using the term metaverse and what are the true intentions behind it
1: interesting.
0: it's being able to connect people across medium and whether it's through the through a spatial web um which kind of that term has put a lot of the the gaps together and it was interesting to see that okay I've, ident- I've seen some of the gaps. I just didn't like the term metaverse. Yeah. Um, and we're building the solution for that, but really the intention of that term is to bring that together. Um, so it was kind of interesting, interesting um, uh, aha moment, I would say.
1: I, yeah, that no, that is very interesting because you're right as well. Like with VR, I immediately think of like, you know, the Oculus or, you know, some other headset. Yep. I'm like, I really don't want to put one of those on. Like, yeah. The VR looks cool, but like yeah, eh. I mean,
0: <laughs> Well, you put them on when you need to, exactly. Right? Yeah. Or sometimes you put them on for gaming if you want if you want to do that, yeah. right? Um, but from and and the idea we've always had is yeah, if I'm if I'm looking at corporate uh, uh, or competitive intelligence data, I'm going to do that through a desktop. Yeah. If I'm having a conversation with you and we're we know each other and we're uh, just. Catching up on status on on something, we'll probably do that over Zoom. But if we need to whiteboard and um, blue sky an idea, true. Um, yeah. In the old world, we or general world, we would uh, get on a plane and fly out somewhere, and yep. meet up in a conference room yeah. where we work or what have you, and and hashtag that. Um, with VR, we can do that without having to travel. And in that instance, I would rather put that on my face and be on a. Uh, flying tin can for a six, for four hours, six hours, right? Yes. In order to have a meeting, um, and so it, the the value is is strong in that instance. I,
1: I I personally I love the idea of like being able to like white physically whiteboard something, like yep. pitch an idea, like turn physically to someone and and just like this is my idea. Um, yep. I I've always found that very helpful, but at the same time. I also really like the remote aspect of the work as well, because you you know you get to be creative in your own space. And for me personally, that's <laughs> where I found I've been the most creative, whether it be on the more like artsy creative podcast media, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. or on the more business aspect, on the like little more hard substance stuff. But having the ability to merge kind of both of those ideas into one. It's modern. It's modern.
0: And it's catching well, up to ourselves. I mean, well, and what we don't, what we, I think we underestimate is creativity is very uh, atmospheric. It's about being it's, comfortable where you are, yes. right? So, you know, and I've noticed this in uh, the cold, rainy uh, nine months of Seattle, right? Um, <laughs> uh, you know, when, when it's January and I'm sitting here in, in my home office and it's been raining and I haven't seen the sun for three months, I go in VR and I'm, uh, my, you know, our default background is is Lisbon because that's where our development team is. And wow, for, for an hour, I'm in sunny Lisbon and my, my thought just kind of perks up, right? Exactly. That a- atmospherics makes a big difference and it changes your perspective.
1: It really does. Um, yeah. And it's helpful. Yeah, it, it does. It's like, yeah. it just being able to get out of a rut in and of itself mm-hmm. is, is is helpful. Change like, like one one of the biggest things for us is like, if you're feeling like like you're stuck, go take a walk. Just like go walk around the block. Yep, like exactly. go take a breath. Get out of your office. Get out of wherever space that you are because that's, yep it's that creative block, right? Same as writer's block and, and, and whatever. It's just a creative block,
0: and that's kind of the that's part of the difficulty of the current age of uh, remote work, right? Where we feel like we need to be on teams all the time or need yeah. to respond on Slack or all my meetings are on it, on it, uh, on zoom. And so I feel I need to be at my desk. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, you know, the creative process needs movement. You need to get up, walk around, uh, be that, you know, a walk around the neighborhood or uh, a virtual trip around the world. Yeah
1: suffice as you suffice uh so i want to get away from business for a hot second sure yeah. i want to see this is one of my favorite questions I, I love to pique interest in this but what do you do outside of business like to get away to de-stress not, not just putting on the vr headset going to lisbon you know and it's sunny when it's <laughs> rainy, but like what do you do outside yeah. like outside of it all
0: yeah, so I mean, I have a I have a thirteen year old daughter that is really into basketball, so we we see a lot of uh, WNBA games. Nice. Um, we I, she she plays as well, so I go to her games, and it's uh, uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, spending time with my family is great. Um, uh, we also um, I enjoy cooking.
1: Nice. Um,
0: so uh, yeah, that's that's um, you know I'm I'm getting into pickling right now. That's um that
1: sounds so, uh, very difficult but
0: <laughs> yeah, you know it's um there's there's a sliding scale right you could um put some radishes in in vinegar with the little spices for three days and you get something pretty decent you can also um you know dig underground and put kimchi in a clay pot under uh, underground and that's a whole different level um but uh yeah i mean it's it's it, it's uh it's nice it um creates good ingredients to cook with and it, you know, teaches you patience. That's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, that's one thing I, I, I keep on saying, I wish I had more time to cook, but then who am I kidding myself? My kitchen is 50 feet away from me. Like I can just go make lunch or I can just go make dinner <laughs> or I can prep my food in the morning and not have to, you know, that commute just takes out all of those, like, eh, it's just, eh, that's just me being lazy at that point. I have no other excuse. <laughs> Like but yeah, I mean
0: it if it, 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 it's a nice thing to do regardless, but if you enjoy it um, I, I'm, I'm I'm the type of person who has difficulty cooking every day like for a, a quick lunch or if I, if I if I do it, I want to go a little bit extravagant and that's rare. um that does take time
1: yeah so. i I love leftovers, so whenever I make like dinner, it's gonna be dinner for a week dinner and probably (sighs) lunch for a week and that's not a problem at all because i i love to i love leftovers that's just i i will eat myself out of house and home just on leftovers (laughs) but yeah like it 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 is fun it's just at the same time i i could be cooking or i could be doing something else but i also know what i really enjoy is uh
0: well, I, I enjoy cooking. Uh, I enjoy Mexican food partially because uh, the leftovers turn into really good breakfast tacos. Yes, the
1: they morning. do. <laughs> yeah, I yes, that is that is probably one of you my make enchiladas.
0: Yeah. You have uh, some sauce leftover. You mix it with the eggs in the morning. It's wonderful.
1: So good, and you could also mix it with a little bit more of a like a like like a salad for lunch. Yeah,
0: that's true.
1: So it's that's like true. it it can span the entirety of the day breakfast lunch and dinner yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right well i want to thank you for coming on the show uh if anyone wants to get in contact with you whether it be more just to learn more about you consulting more about moonbeam it's linkedin the best way it's going through the website the best way
0: linkedin is great there's several near size on linkedin so i'm near Desai uh at moonbeam um uh, and uh, you know, uh, Twitter at Inc. Moonbeam uh, and um, yeah, moonbeam.ai. So um, feel free to reach out. Um, always like a good conversation.
1: Awesome. Well, I want to thank you once again for coming on the show. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and then same to all of our listeners.
0: Thanks again for listening to today's episode of Business Black Belts. Should you want to see more content on both the show, marketing, and business in general, feel free to check out my LinkedIn. Thanks.